Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. I'm Richard Roberts, your host. Each week, I bring you outstanding guests from the United States, Canada, and nations all over the world. And today, I'm very excited because my friend, Bishop Chris Raymond from Cameroon, West Africa, who is a part of our recent mission there in Cameroon, is my very special guest. Now, Bishop Chris is uh, an overseer of more than 100 churches right there in Cameroon. Cameroon in West Africa is a French-speaking nation where I just was. He is the prelate of the International Pastoral Assembly of Africa, consecrated in uh, the year 2000 by the International Communion of Pentecostal Churches. He was one of the sponsoring pastors when I was in Cameroon recently in that uh, 2,000 pastors meeting. We met there in Yaoundé with 2,000 pastors for three days on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. And Bishop Chris was one of the leaders to help bring me to Cameroon. Bishop, God bless you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Pa Richard. You permit us to use the word Pa because we see you as a father over us. So we can't address you otherwise than to say Pa Richard. So we <laughs> oh, well. are happy to be with you this time. Well, thank you. And let me just express personally to you, Bishop, what a joy and honor it was uh, to be with you and all of the other pastors, some 2,000 strong, there in Cameroon just a couple of months ago. And uh, are you still hearing testimonies from the pastors? Are you still hearing what uh, the results were? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's, it's, it's like igniting the fire. Uh, Pastor C, you know, when you came, the, the, the simplicity with which you brought the art of healing, the seed faith, and the Holy Spirit, it was such that um, the, 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 the fire is still burning. I mean, what was like uh, a Herculean effort before was made simple. And you go to every church, it's easy to lay hand on people, speak the word of faith, you know, bless handkerchief and get healings. And uh, uh, from our side, we are on another plane since then. Well, praise God. And, and Bishop- We've not come out of that experience. It's, <laughs> it's been growing, it's, it's been growing. Well, just for those of you who aren't aware what happened uh, a few months ago, I was invited uh, to come as a part of a celebration uh, to, to mark the 30 year uh, anniversary of my very first healing crusade in Cameroon back in the late, the late 1980s. And we had tremendous uh, crusades in Yaoundé and in Douala there in Cameroon. And I was approached to come back and also to teach, particularly to teach pastors on healing, as the bishop said, healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. And we had some 2,000 pastors that came together for those three days. And it was absolutely terrific. And Bishop, I want to thank you again for your participation. Now, share a little bit of your history with us. I know you were uh, mentored, I might say, by my longtime friend, Archbishop Benson Idahosa, who was my door opener to Africa, especially in the 80s and 90s. Can you share a little bit about how you got started in ministry? Yes, sir. Um, uh, actually, I had um, like uh, an, a covenant experience. My father had had three kids and um, had told God, he's a Roman, he was a Roman Catholic, and told God, if you give me a son, I was going to give him back to you. And um, when I was born, he was told he had a son. So he came to where I was born and said, this one shall be called Christian. 
-hmm. and he will be a priest. So all my life, I've had a kind of preparation to being a priest because they were Roman Catholic. So I had to go to mission school. I had to go to Roman Catholic seminary. So, you know, but 1979, um, I wouldn't call that epiphany, but, you know, you get to a place where you know there is more than the rituals and um, had to move out of that, began to seek God in the process until about um, 84, 80, 83, 84, uh, the Lord kind of gave us um, an experience. I had an experience I, I hesitate to talk about, but you know, the, the Lord kind of came into my room by form of light and I knew that I had to seek God. So I said to God, uh, the first person that will come to me, I'll go to your church. Now, then we had all this avalanche of Jehovah's Witnesses that come witness, and I was open to anything except Roman Catholic Church. As soon as I finished saying that prayer, an old friend of mine who is Assemblies of God knocked on my door. So I became Assemblies of God. I followed him to church, gave my life to Christ, and 79, 75, 85, sorry, um, the Lord said, I want you to go serve me. And so, um, I presented the case to my pastor, so my journey started from then. So you really, um, you, you, that was an answer to your father's prayer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But then I, I, did, I couldn't put all of that together. It was much later, uh, about 88, I think, that the Lord began to say, this is an answer to the prayer your father had prayed, to the promise. My mother told me this growing up, but I never paid attention to that. <laughs> Even going to the seminary, I never paid attention to that. It was much later by the Holy Spirit and I said, this is an answer to the covenant I made with your father. So um, this was in Nigeria then, in Jaws of Nigeria. Yes. And so um, 86, the Lord said, um, I want you to go to a French nation to represent me. Now in Nigeria, in our head, the French nation we knew was Benin, Africos, and Togo. Which, so thought, which border? Okay. Yeah, those those nations yeah. border Nigeria. Yes, French French speaking nations there. So uh, so that was what's in my head. Eighty seven, I heard you're going to go to Cameroon. So I go to my pastor and said, oh, the Lord wants me to go to Cameroon. He said, No, 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 you're not going to Cameroon. Now I didn't know. Then he had sent some missionaries to Cameroon and they didn't do well. So he didn't want me to go and fail. So 89, I had another strange experience. I was in church Bible study. He says, look out of the window and follow the man there. I look out of the window, somebody was waving his hand. I get out and I followed him out and never came back. That was how I came to Cameroon. Wow. I never went to my house, I never did anything. That was how I ended up in Cameroon. Now, tell came me- in here, I wrote my part. Tell me, how did uh, what what role did Archbishop uh, Idahosa play in your life? Of course, he was he was the father of us all. He was the example before all of us. Then he was the kind of man of God any of us wanted to be. So we would take off and go to conventions, go to programs, even though we're not Church of God mission. But he was the the joy of serving the Lord that any of us then wanted to be. He was the expression of power of God that we wanted to, to be. He was the healing 
uh, we saw God do uncommon things, you know, with him. So we wanted to just be there. Whatever it is, oh God, that you have put in his life, put in our lives too. And he was so magnanimous, those who have known him and been close to him. It didn't matter whether you are from his church or not. When he saw the hunger of God in any young person, he was the greatest encourager I have ever met. Now you, he will encourage you, he will speak to you. I remember that when you were coming to Cameroon, I was already here when you were coming then. And uh, he had come with uh, uh, Pastor Diamond, who was the crusade yes. director, you know, to organize the program. And uh, I remember, you know, as it's in keeping with the culture we have. You know, there was an incident where pastors were arguing on certain things. And, um, and he said to me, Chris, when they are fighting, grow grass. Don't follow them and fight. Just grow grass as a pastor. When the sheep come and eat your grass and it is good, they will stay with you. Now, it was, it was a simple thing, but it stayed with me. It took me away from all the wranglings of church and pastors. I never entered into, by the grace of God, of any wranglings from that day with any pastor or any church. And, you know, such words stayed with some of us and it's kept us, you know. And he will always say, a miracle settles the argument. Yes. So you don't get into arguing just if they are just, if they're arguing, just let there be a miracle, you answer. And he will always say, study to show. I say, okay, <laughs> you know, he say, you know your study just show. So those things are the things that we gain from him that lives, you know, eternally in us, you know, and uh, like the scripture says, their works follow them. That's when you came, uh my wife had a brute on her throat on her around her throat yes. a big group. and we were concerned and um, when you came you began to talk about healing my wife talked to me said this is not going back with me and my wife <laughs> i mean i like that this is not going back with she, me <laughs> yes anytime she hears about you she screams she's like <laughs> yeah. because i think the first day you caught there is a growth on the throat is gone and she, she turned to me and said, see, I told you. And that was it. From 1992 until now. Praise God. Completely gone, never came back. Praise God. So that is also part of what we have, you know, in the grace that God has put upon your life. Well, He lives with us and we, we thank God for you, sir. Thank God. Uh, I must go back uh, a little, back to what you said earlier uh, for people who do not know who we were talking about. We were talking about his mentor and a great mentor to me, Bishop Benson Idahosa, who established more than 4,000 churches during his lifetime. He's in heaven now. And I remember, I'll tell you this story, Bishop. Um, I met him here in Tulsa. I was preaching at a church and he was there and I didn't know him. I had no idea who he was. And we had a tremendous healing service that night. There were many, many miracles. And afterwards he came and sought me out. And he said, um, he kind of shocked me. He said, I'm, I'm here uh, because I don't really like you. Oh. <laughs> he, he said, I, I, I didn't think you were real. But as I saw the miracles tonight, God showed me that you are real. Your ministry is real. And I've come to apologize and to ask you for forgiveness. And he said, also, the Lord told me to tell you that if you desire to go to Africa, I will be your door opener to the nations of Africa. 
And of course, we became fast friends and he opened doors to me to dozens of nations in Africa over those years, uh, especially in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, as, while he was alive, and I thank God for him and for his ministry. I helped, uh, I helped to establish his wife, uh, Archbishop Margaret Idahosa, into her position, as well as I helped to establish their son, uh, Feb, as president of Benson Idahosa University, which is in Benin City, Nigeria. So that's just for the benefit of those of you who say, well, who is this Benson Idahosa? Well, let me tell you who he is, who yes, he was. Yes. And I praise God. Wow. Bishop, I understand that you have an outreach to pygmy tribes in Africa. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Share yes, a little sir. bit about that. Now, the, the people called the pygmies are you really, uh, 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 we call them Baka people. The pygmies are small people. They're not short people. They're just small. You find the pygmies within the Ketura Forest Belt, and you find them in the Kalahari area, yes. the Kalahari Desert area in, in Namibia. Yes, in the desert. They are very beautiful people. They are yellow people, really. You know, uh, but they have been living primitively. When we started uh, work among them, this would be around 1992, the Lord told us to go to them. So called the program operation pygmy they have never met people they live in the forest the first time they saw us they thought we were you know masquerades what we call in africa masquerades because they were all naked they live naked you know and um, uh, we went with you know food rice and different things we gave to them gave them clothings um uh, we couldn't preach we just because of what we saw what they needed first was attention. Um, at the time we met them, they didn't know you could buff your, their body. You just, you're just born and you never go wash your body. Just stay like that, you know? So we had to resort to just teaching those basic social thing, welfare thing, and we put their hair, get them clothing. And, but today as we talk, the same people, they have a school, they have a hospital, um, you know, um, their kids have done high school and some of them are getting ready to go to university. Praise God. You know, it's, it's been a, a wonderful experience. You well, know, there are still areas of the world where people live primitively like uh, the pygmies. And I thank God for your outreach and I thank God for your sensitivity. There are some who would just walk into a place like that and begin preaching. But uh, uh, the late Mahatma Gandhi of India once said, not even God would come to a hungry man except in the form of bread. So you ministered to them first before you began preaching the gospel with giving them uh, soap and giving them uh, clothing and food and things of that nature for personal hygiene. And you show your care and your concern for them. And that's what Christians need to learn to do. And that's a very wonderful thing. Praise God for that. Uh, Bishop, what's what's uh, next? What's going on in Cameroon right now? What's on your heart uh, for the Lord now? Well, you know, you came and encouraged us to reach more people. There's still some uh, more more pygmies to reach. Equatorial Forest Belt is huge. It cuts across nations. The pygmies are seen as entrusted uh, uh, intrust citizens because they move across state lines. Uh, there's still a lot of them in the forest that are unreached. There's still a, a lot of unreached people. So 
uh, when you came and challenged us, the heart of God to win souls, the heart of God to heal the sick, the heart of God is to get people walk by faith, you know, and also that is in line with what God is saying to us. We're still focusing on that. And at the same time, building church. We notice that uh, one of the needs in our, our system or our nation is proper education. So we want to focus in education, we want to educate our people both spiritually and educate them also academically, you know, yes. uh, so that people can get to know the present truth. Yes. So this is our drive. While we reach people, we must take time in discipleship. And part of my convention for discipleship is proper education. So we want to give a lot of emphasis in educating our people, uh, you know, all sphere, as it were. Well, praise God for your outreach and thank you so very much for your attention to me uh, when I came to Cameroon. Uh, I understand there were some 14 French-speaking African nations that were a part of, uh, of that conference. And uh, there are many people who may not know there are the last time I counted, I think there were more than 25 nations in Africa that speak French. It, it, there are many, many nations that speak French and many people don't know possibly as many as, uh, as 350 million people in Africa speak French. And it's their national we have language. More French, yeah, we have more French speaking African nations yes. than we do in English. Yes. English so, is big because Nigeria has large population. But yes. In West Africa, there's a lot from Senegal to Morocco, to Mauritania, to Algeria, Tunisia, All speaking um, French. Mali, Burkina Faso, uh, Côte d'Ivoire, Niger, Togo, Côte d'Ivoire, yeah. Niger, uh, Congo, the Republic, and the, Con the, Congo, the which is huge, part, very huge, sir, very huge. You yes, know. yes, and, I was and, in, and the, I was in Kinshasa preaching, and they took me across the the river across the Zaire River uh, over into Brazzaville to preach, which is a different nation. And the river yeah. was so wide, uh, it, we went by motorboat. It took us 12 minutes to get across the river. That's how wide the Zaire River is. It, it, it comes between uh, the, the capital the of one nation and the capital of another nation. <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. So I've yes, been sir. right there. I, I preached in a church that seated 50,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one is Congo Democratic and one is Congo Republic. Yes, and I, I preached in both yeah. <laughs> and met with their president. <laughs> well, Bishop, thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, I, I want to, to ask you to join me in prayer. Would you pray first over the needs of people and then I'll pray after you pray? Thank you, sir. Father, in the name of Jesus, many are who had come because of needs. Many have come with great expectation. And Lord, I know that the expectations of your people are never cut short. And therefore, Lord, join my feet with Pa Richard right now. And I decree that whatever be the expectation of your people, be it healing, be it promotion, be it wealth, whatever be the expectation, whatever be the hunger be met in the name of Jesus, I decree your answer now. Be blessed, be healed in Jesus' name. And I set my faith with Bishop Chris's faith in behalf of your need, knowing that there's no distance in prayer, 
God is right here where I am. He's right there where Bishop is and he's right there where you are. And the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. So his prayer, my prayer, your prayer, our faith together can produce miracles. So in Jesus name, I send the word to you for healing according to Psalm 107 verse 20, which says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I send that word to you in the power and in the anointing of Jesus name. And I believe God for healing in every area of your life, from your head to your feet, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Bishop, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It's We're such an blessed. honor. The Lord keep you for us. You know, I never thought I would, uh, I would see the day when people would call me Papa Richard. But it's happening now all over the world. I, I've become a father uh, you know, at 73 years of age, I've become a father uh, to many in the faith. And I, and I appreciate that. That's a, that's, a, that's a high compliment, Bishop, and I thank you so much. Praise God. Thank you for joining me today on this podcast. I pray you'll join me again next time until I see you. I'm expecting something good to happen to you in Jesus' name. It's because of your support to the Oral Roberts Ministries, these lives are being changed. We can train pastors and send them out to reach the unreached with food, clothing, and the saving, healing, and delivering message of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Please help us to continue the Greater Works Outreach. Go to richardroberts.org or call 1-844-828-1412. Again, that's richardroberts.org 1-844-828-1412.